0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Carolyn Whitico Art Podcast, where we talk all things art, business, introspection, travel, creativity, and more. Today, we're going to talk about keeping track of your inventory. But first, a life update. So, I'm very happy to say that my man came to visit me for his birthday. It was a nice little birthday weekend for him. He came from Texas, and he Already left again to go to Georgia. I've been staying in Michigan because, I mean, although I would really love to be in Georgia right now, I have a lot to do for the Renaissance Festival, so I have been staying in Michigan to take care of that, Um, which has been kind of nice as well to be here in Michigan and be hanging out with all of my friends, although I have been quite busy, so I have spent a lot of time with the previous owner of the tapestry business, which the name of it is Tapestries of Ravenstone, which if you want to find me at the Michigan Renaissance Festival this year, I will be there. Booth 203 every weekend, so come see me. But I've been doing a lot of work with him recently. For one, grabbing all the stock that he had, the previous stock, the unfinished fabric, the finished tapestries, all of the little rods and bells and hardware and boxes and like everything that I'm going to need for, for the fair, I've been picking up from him. And I also, yesterday, I went to his house and spent the day with him and he actually has been teaching me how to sew and use a sewing machine. So I have always known how to sew by hand a little bit. My mom taught me when I was young just to like repair holes in my clothes and rips and things like that. Um, Because, you know, we never really threw things away immediately. We just could fix it instead. So I knew how to do that always, but I have never used a sewing machine. We did not have a sewing machine growing up. It was kind of an expensive item for us, so we just did it by hand. But you can't exactly sew like hundreds of tapestries uh, worth of inventory and stock and things by hand. That would be really extreme. So he's been teaching me how to use the sewing machine and it's honestly crazy. It's a whole new world for me. He was showing me and then he was like, all right, you try. And I completely, (laughs) I completely butchered the whole process. I couldn't even like weave the thread into the machine correctly because it's not like, like, yeah, I can thread a needle easily. I've got great eyesight, but like the amount of loops and like the pressure of the foot pedal and like, I'm definitely going to have to practice. So that's what I've been focusing on is prepping for the Renaissance Festival, learning how to use a sewing machine, which I actually, I've actually i actually always kind of wanted to learn anyways. I'm big into like homesteading skills, so I want to learn how to do canning. If you've been like following me for any length of time, you know, I like to do like foraging, like wild food foraging. I want to learn, um, you know, like how to have chickens. Obviously, a lot of these things have been waiting because I don't have a house yet. We've been traveling a lot. Um, but I guess now I'm learning sewing as my next homesteading skill, which is not the one that I expected to learn next, but, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm very excited to learn. I hope to actually, for fun as well, make clothing. I've always kind of wanted to make my own clothes, but like I said, just didn't know how. So I think the first one I'm going to try to make is actually my Renaissance Festival outfit because you're supposed to dress up in costume when you go there to like, you know, era appropriate theme dress type of situation. And I have some outfits that I can wear that I've been using to work in the past few years, but I just don't love them, you know? So I think my first like fun project is going to be learning how to sew my Renaissance Festival outfit. So I'm sure I will post those and I'm sure I will send them in the email when I actually make them. That's a long way off. I'm sure I will fail a few times before I actually get one that sits right. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Just lots of inventory and prep for the Renaissance Festival. So, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about inventory today as well because I have been doing so much inventory prep work. And it is a lot different to set up your inventory when you get so much in at one time and a lot of different things at one time as well. So, I've just been thinking about all things inventory. And I kind of want to go over in this episode, how it might help you and how it might apply to your art business. I know that for me, I do art shows and I sell things online at a cup of cloudy. So my inventory system is a little, um, maybe clunky or complicated. If you only do art shows or if you only do online sales, I'm sure it would be a lot simpler for you. But I'm gonna go into what I do to make sure that I'm keeping track of all of my items, what I've sold, what I still have, what specific pieces do I have, and etc. Let's get into the official topic of the day, which is keeping track of your inventory. There will come a point in your art journey where you'll want to keep better track of what you have, what you've sold, and what it's all worth, too. For me, this desire came when I wanted to know for a fact, not like what I felt was maybe true, <laughs> I wanted to know what was selling the most. I had a lot of illustrations I was selling as prints, but I wasn't keeping track of my revenue very well, let alone which pieces were driving that revenue. Honestly, at the beginning of my business was a hot mess, guys. So if you're in the hot mess stage, it's fine. Honestly, the more that I grow, I feel like I'm still kind of in a hot mess phase, but it gets better. <laughs> Anyways, I was really not keeping track of any of these things. But I wanted to know what my top sellers were so that I could know what people liked and I could maybe lean in that direction a little more. So I always say, you know, paint what you like and then figure out what people are enjoying and buying from you and then just go in that direction more so that it's always something you like. It's never like, oh, I'm selling out. It's like, oh, I love to paint plants and witchy things. And that just so happens to be what people like for me. So that's what I'm going to make more of, right? So that's kind of what I wanted to know is what are people liking so I can go in that direction more. I also wanted to know how often I was damaging prints and having to throw them away. So this was at a time before I started investing in clear protective covers for my prints. At art shows I'd tape prints directly to the wall for display, which I still kind of do this with the covers on and it protects them a lot, but when I would tear them off at the end of the night They would rip a little bit on the back and so you couldn't sell them anymore and i would have to either throw them away or like stash them plus i kept all the prints in racks that people could flip through and sometimes people would flip through it with like greasy french fry fingers so after every art show i'd have to take a bunch of prints and throw them away or put them into a special quote-unquote display pile so they could be used but not sold so i would take these ones that are maybe ripped a little bit on the back and I would use them to display again next time because I knew that they would get damaged again until basically they were like not good looking and not even good for display and then I would just have to throw them out. So I was damaging a lot of prints and I wanted to know how much I was really damaging and how much I was having to throw away and what that expense really was. And to figure that number out, I really had to start keeping track of my inventory, which I was doing a poor job of. And these were my initial reasons for wanting to keep track of my art inventory, what's the top sellers, and how many items am I sacrificing at shows. And after paying closer attention, making a record of things, and consistently keeping track, the information I discovered helped me make important decisions. So for one, I knew it was a no-brainer to start buying those clear protective sleeves because the amount of prints that I was throwing away was more costly than it would be to just buy those extra items, right? So it was a no-brainer investment to buy those. And you'll probably discover some things like this as well when you start keeping track of inventory. It really opens your eyes. So you may want to record inventory for other big reasons, and as you get more legally official with the state as a business. You'll also need inventory counts for tax purposes as well, which I will not be discussing in this episode. It's very confusing and honestly, I'm probably not the best one to explain it. But you also need your inventory for taxes. So keeping, you know, your T's crossed and your I's dotted is really important for inventory once you get official with the state. So what's the best way to keep track of your inventory? Truly the best way is however you can commit to doing it consistently. Whether you sell five pieces a year or 50,000, you've got to record each transfer. Now, thankfully it's 2023 and there's a lot of technology to help you do this automatically. You don't have to do it like all by hand, which you'll see I do a lot of it manually because that's just what I prefer. I'm sure there will come a time where I won't be able to do that anymore, but maybe I'll hire somebody to do it, I don't know. The best way is however you can commit to doing it consistently. Because if you're doing it inconsistently, the numbers are gonna be wrong and you're not gonna get the proper information and it's really not gonna be useful for you. You can't use wrong data. You can't use poorly manipulated data. The only data that is useful is correct and truthful data. So if you can do it consistently, that's the best method. Every time a new painting is made, Document it. Every time a painting is thrown out for whatever reason or lost in the mail, document it. Every time a painting is sold, document it. And be able to produce the information when you think, how many paintings do I have available right now? And also, which are available right now? Inventory is all about awareness of what's actually going on in that art studio of yours. Looking at the numbers is an incredible reality check. I'll tell you (laughs) how many new pieces you actually add to your storefront each year, which for me was a lot less than I expected, about 15-ish, give or take, completed paintings per year, which I felt like I was doing a lot more because I'm painting all the time. But when you look at the real numbers, that's how many I was adding each year to the inventory. The information is so valuable, but to actually glean any insights from it, you have to be consistent and up-to-date always. So I'm going to tell you which tools I use, and I use them because I can be consistent with them. And you can take it or leave it if you want to adopt these as well, or if you want to find your own, because there's plenty on the market. Currently, I use a mashup of three different tools, Trello, Square, and WooCommerce. Trello is my ultimate guide, my number one tool for all things record keeping. It's my BFF, my homie. I love Trello. Like, you know, when people talk about, oh, find your business bestie, okay, my business bestie is fucking the Trello app <laughs> because Trello is amazing. It's literally like, like a postcard system, but on your phone. And that's because it's it's formulated in lists and like sticky notes on separate boards. And it works perfectly with how my brain works. Normally, I'm kind of like a pen and paper girl, but my notebook is so hectic and crazy that it's really not organized. So Trello allows me to rearrange things as I move on. And so in that way, it's a lot more helpful than pen and paper because I can rearrange things and reorganize whenever I would like. And it's an app that you download on your phone. I just use the free version and you can make up to like 10 boards or something for free with tons of lists in each board and note cards under each list. I have a board for income and expenses and inventory. They all sit on the same board on their own list, and each note card underneath is where I write every sale, every print made, all my costs, every purchase, etc. Like I said, this takes commitment. Every time I create new prints, I take a picture of the receipt for my expense list, I write which prints were made and how many for the inventory list and it's all recorded immediately. Like literally I don't even leave the print shop before I'm taking a picture of the receipt. You know what I'm saying? Like I do it all when I am on my way to the car. That's why it's nice to have the app because it's on my phone which is always with me. I include the date as well so I know when I'm needing to make more stock and when I'm selling the most. November, I found, is always my biggest month of the year, if you're wondering. (laughs) I think it's because it's right before Christmas, and November is also when I sell calendars. So my calendar sale is going on, and I only sell those in November, no other time of the year. So if you wait, you miss out on them. Um, So anyways, that's usually my biggest month. And that's something I wouldn't know if I didn't keep track of my inventory. So anyways, this is essentially just me writing everything down, but I have this nice app that comes with me. You could just as easily carry around a notebook dedicated to this purpose or a file folder for receipts. It's the same idea, just with an app, and I find it's much easier. This is where my master record is kept for inventory, and it's also the files that I consult during my end of year review and tax time. These other ones I'm going to get into are not the master record for my inventory. But the next one I want to bring up, this tool is called Square. You've probably heard of Square. It's like the most popular payment processing tool, especially if you're doing sales in person. Square is a payment processing tool that I use to collect money in person. It comes with a card swiper that they actually sent to you for free. Well, they did for me, I'm pretty sure they still do it. So they send it to you for free and it also comes with an online inventory tracker. And at the end of each day, it deposits into your bank account. And the way that they make money is that they take a small percentage of the sales you make with a debit or credit card. It's free to download and it's free to get the swiper, but really they are investing in you as a customer so that you make these sales and they take a percentage. I forget the percentage. It's very small. It's like standard. It's like 2% or something like that. Um, You can also record cash sales in Square for free, and obviously they don't take money out of that because they're not using it. You're not using it as a payment processor. You're just using that as like a sale tracker, inventory tracker. So when I do cash sales, I also will input it into Square so that I know that I've made a sale and later I can look at my inventory and be like, okay, I sold this. Square is perfect not only for accepting digital payment in person, but also keeping track of what's sold throughout the day, especially when art shows get really busy. So art shows can get crazy busy. I remember the very first time that I had an actual line at my booth at my art table. There was like five or six people in line waiting to buy something for me and at this time I had been just trying to keep track of things via like paper. Like I ripped a scrap paper out of my notebook and was just writing like okay, I sold two stickers of this design. Okay, I sold two pins of this design. Okay, I sold, you know, and it really gets hectic because it just adds another task to your, your sale system. So when somebody comes up to the desk and is your table and is like, okay, I would like these prints and you've got to take their money and give them their change. And you've got to, you know, be a friendly customer, interactor person. And you've got to maybe, you know, like, There's a lot that goes into it and writing down keeping track of inventory manually just was becoming too much. And I found that I was forgetting to do it in certain instances. Like if somebody is starting a really interesting conversation with me, I will completely leave my mind to record that. And it was really not a streamlined process. And I will tell you actually what I was doing wrong because at this time I was using Square But quite frankly, I was just being fucking lazy and I, Square also has this feature where you can just key in a price and then swipe a card or take cash. So you, which I wouldn't do it for cash, you know, I would, I would just take the cash, not record it in Square. And then for Square purchases, I would just key in that price and it would not be attached to an item. So you have to at first manually go in and add like a little photo of your painting. And put in what price it should be and how many do you have in stock. And that is something you have to do before you even get to the art show. And I just was quite frankly too fucking lazy and I wasn't doing that. So when I got to the art show, I would just key in, oh $27 for this print. She's buying one print, $27. And then... When I would go through my sales at the end of the day, it would just say $27. So I know in my business that all my prints are 27 so it must have been a print, but I had no clue. I couldn't remember which print it was. And so then I started being like, okay, I should know. And then I would try to write it on a piece of paper during the sale. And I just, it was so clunky. I don't know why I tried to do that. So anyways, <laughs> please don't do that. Um, It's a hot mess. If you input your inventory into Square beforehand, it's so easy to just go through your little categories, it sorts everything into categories, and I'll click Prints, and then I'll say, make your own home print. Click it, $27, swipe, inventory is automatically decreased on the app, the sale is recorded on the app, I know exactly what I sold during the day on the app, and at the end of the day, it sends you all your money. So if you use this Correctly, it is such a pro tool. If you use it wrong, it can make you way more confused. So, I just wanted to add that little failure in here so that you know what not to do, basically, because I did a lot of things wrong at the beginning of my art journey. (laughs) And I just want to be upfront about that and let you know that there are wrong ways to use these tools and right ways to use them as well. What I do after the show is I will look at that end of the day data and I simply look at what Square has told me, what they collected, and I'll take note of it in Trello. So like I said, Trello is my master record keeper. Square is nice for letting me know what I did during that art show in person, but I still will go in and manually input all of that in Trello at the end of the day. Not only for my revenue, I'll put it in my revenue category, but I also will put it in the inventory category. And then I just adjust my WooCommerce numbers if necessary on the online shop. So speaking of WooCommerce, let's talk about WooCommerce now. WooCommerce is the storefront plugin for my WordPress website. Anything bought on a Cup of Cloudy's online store is automatically recorded there and the stock is automatically adjusted. WooCommerce does for me online exactly what Square does at in-person events. At the end of each day, I look at my WooCommerce numbers and I record it in my Trello list as well. So Trello has those final numbers and Square and WooCommerce are just tools that help me keep track with technology basically. With that in mind, I wanna share a little stock pro tip. On WooCommerce, sometimes I list more in stock than I actually have on hand. That way I could have zero prints of a design made but listed in the online shop that I have five anyways. So the reason that I do this is because number one, I wanna have a painting listed for purchase before I post it on social media. People often see a new illustration and know like immediately that they have to have it. And I wanna be ready for that. (laughs) I don't wanna miss that sale because I didn't list it in the shop yet, even though I haven't had time to go to the store and make prints. So take advantage of the technology that we have and I just list it as in stock before it's in stock. Number two, sometimes designs never sell. So I make what I want and not everybody likes it. Like I said, I paint whatever I want and then if people end up liking it, then I will go in that direction more. So sometimes I paint something and no one ever buys it. Like I have paintings that people have literally never bought because they're just not popular. Maybe I thought it was a cool design and they don't think it's a cool design. You know, some things sell more than others and that's just the way it goes. A great way to lose money is to make 20 prints every time you finish an illustration before you even know if it's gonna sell. And yes, I know this from experience as well. <laughs> so just add that to the tally of mistakes that I've made. I used to literally make 20 prints of everything that I make. So I'm like, oh, maybe someone's gonna buy it at the next show. This was before I had an online shop and I was just doing art shows. And yeah, I quickly lost a lot of money doing that. So now I just list it before I even make the prints and see if someone's gonna buy. Obviously, if I plan to take it to a show, which things usually do sell better at shows, well, faster at shows than they do online for me, then I will make like maybe just five, you know. But it's a good way to test the waters, just listing it on the shop before you take the time to make the print. Keeping track of inventory reveals what people don't buy as well, by the way. So if you're wondering you know, if you are if you make prints or you make lots of reproductions and you emotionally feel like this is one of your best paintings, but statistically nobody is buying it, so it's not popular. Um, it's just good information as well, and inventory tracking will tell you that. So anyways, I can list a print as in stock in the online store through WooCommerce before I ever invest in making prints just to test the waters, and prints are easy to make the same day before someone buys too. So I will say that this is not something that I do for special items like coffee mugs or notebooks that take more time to create because that means when someone buys it, the lag time between them buying it and it arriving at their house is way too long for me to be comfortable with. I don't want someone to have to wait like a month to get their item. I think that that's very bad customer service, very bad business. I want someone to order their artwork and get it as fast as possible. So with prints, I can do this because it's very easy to go to the print shop in town and make prints the very same day and send them out the very same day as a purchase. And with something like a coffee mug, I can't just go out. I don't know, you know, anywhere to just go out and get it the same day. So this is something that I use for certain items and not for other items. And this is why Ultimately, WooCommerce is not the final headcount for inventory because it's often not the real number. Those stock numbers are often fake. You know what I'm saying? And then two, for things like my online classes for elements of art style, technically that's something that I could have in stock all year round, an unlimited amount of stock, but because I prefer to open the doors at a certain time, close the doors at a certain time to limit the amount of people who get in because there is a certain amount of like one-on-one work I do in that class. Um, So it's just like that technically could be available and in stock all the time, but I choose to make it not in stock for my own time management purposes. Keep this in mind, you can play with your stock numbers if it suits your needs and also have that master list of what is truly in and out of stock these are not the only tools available, obviously, but these are the ones that I use. I tried to cut out Square completely and just have Trello and WooCommerce by getting a different point of sale system. So WooCommerce goes through Stripe. And so I was like, oh, well, if I just get a Stripe terminal to process payments instead of using the Square, it will all be integrated into the same stock keeping system. And I tried that and I'm not really sure if it was extremely buggy or, you know, because it was a new terminal and it was a new software, or if I was just saying technologically challenged, (laughs) it could have been either one. But either way, I really could not figure it out and it just wasn't working. So I went back to my three tool system and it's been working for me. So that's just what I do. I am aware that this may not be the most streamlined process because it does require manual entry into Trello. However, I do find value in knowing what's sold in person and events and what's sold online in the shop separately and having two separate tracking softwares for each. That way I can really break down the numbers of what's working for my business. It just takes a little bit more effort. Inventory tracking is one of those tasks in our business that sounds extremely boring, but once you get information from it, it's actually really interesting. So I know you might be tuning out in this episode, but if you've been tuning out, just know this one thing that no matter how you keep track of your inventory, it highlights things that are actually going on that you didn't notice, or it turns your head around on things that you were judging emotionally and not using the facts. So if you have been slacking in this category or being extremely inefficient in this category in your art business, I wanna just invite you to start paying more attention to your inventory, especially if you are getting ready to make your business an LLC and getting legal. You are gonna have to keep track of your inventory. Or if you're thinking about maybe investing in paid ads, You want to know what is selling the most so that you can advertise those things because that's going to be the highest ROI. If you're having weird issues, like I was having damaging prints at shows and, you know, just having all these miscellaneous problems, the way to find the solutions or the answers to a lot of these things is by tracking your inventory, by paying attention to your numbers. So it seems very boring. (laughs) And it seems like it's going to be very hard. But I will tell you that once you get in the habit of these things, it becomes way easier. Like for now, like now it's just a no brainer. Every time I leave the print shop to pull out my phone and pull Trello out and take a picture of that receipt. You know, it's really not hard anymore. It is hard in the beginning just to force yourself to develop those habits. But The information that you glean from tracking your inventory is so cool, so interesting, so helpful that it's worth forcing yourself to make those habits early on. So I just want to invite you to take this seriously and invest this boring effort into your business because it's boring at first and then it becomes really cool. And that's all I have for you guys today, so if you liked this episode, make sure to share it with another artsy friend and leave me a little five-star review because it truly helps a lot. Also, if you'd like to hear artists' tips in your inbox, which I send every week, make sure to join the email list at a cupofcloudy.com. That's all I have for you today. I hope this has been super helpful, and I will talk to you guys next time. Bye!